0: Bookcase & Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, A Quick Shot of Romance.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. You've got me, Becky, and on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, I am joined by Rachel. Welcome back to the podcast, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Um, So for this episode, we are reviewing The Stopover by T.L. Swan, It is book one in the Mile High Club. Um, And we'll get to all of it. I have so many thoughts on this book. So many thoughts. (laughs) Rachel, will you read us the synopsis from Goodreads?
0: (laughs) Yeah. A memorable night of passion refuses to stay just a memory in a sizzling and scandalous romance from bestselling author T.L. Swan. I was upgraded to first class on a flight from London to New York. The food, champagne, and service were impeccable. The blue-eyed man sitting next to me even better. He was suave and intelligent. We talked and laughed and something clicked. Fate took over and the plane was grounded and we had an unexpected stopover for the night. With no plans, we made our own. We danced and laughed our way around Boston and had a night of crazy passion that no woman would ever forget. That was 12 months ago and I haven't heard from him until today. I started a new job and met the CEO. You can imagine my surprise to see those naughty blue eyes dance with delight when he saw me across the mahogany desk. But I'm not that carefree girl anymore. My life has changed. I have responsibilities. I just got an email. He wants to see me in his office for a private meeting at 8 a.m. Naughty blue eyes have no place in the workplace. What kind of private meeting does he have in mind? So this was
1: released September 26, 2019. I didn't realize it was, had been around that long. Um, Me either. (laughs) um, The tropes are age gap, one night stand, close proximity, billionaire romance, workplace romance. Um, It is a very sexy book. I believe that the day that I read it, I got to 3% and I texted and said, holy shit people 3% in and we are doing it like up against yes. the door of the hotel yes. room doing it. <laughs> um, it's not, I mean, angst is probably about a three. It's a mid range angst um, just yeah. because of the situation. You've got age and coworkers. He's the boss. Um, so the setup of the story, Emily and Jameson, or as he tells her, his name is Jim when they have their one night stand, meet on a plane ride from London. It's they're supposed to go to Boston and then on to New York City, um, and they spend a passion-filled night together, only to part ways the next morning. So uh, you fast forward a year. And they meet again when Emily goes to work for Jamison's company. She's a journalist and has finally been hired for her dream job in New York city. She's a California girl, but she has always dreamed of working for this media company. And I take it, they never exactly say what they do, but I think it's like a, a Rudgers or 24 hour news source type media Mm -hmm. company. So, um, so what were your thoughts just for the one night stand part, let's just talk there, not to the year, but just the one night stand.
0: Yeah. So I really liked their chemistry from the beginning. And I liked that the one night stand was on the page. I realized that that's not always, that doesn't fit every story, but how many books have we read where they have a one night stand to meet again, like some period of time later. And the one night stand is either closed door, or it's just like alluded to, and then the rest of the book is like pretty sexy. So you're kind of like, you know, you could have done something here, especially when they have this off the charts chemistry. So I really, I appreciated that. Well, and I liked it too, that that's just it. Like we
1: got the chemistry. So you are waiting for what's going to be that moment that they come back together. Cause it's romance. We know that this one night mm-hmm. stand isn't going to be the end of things, but what, ex- how exactly is this trope going to go? Is this going to be a secret baby Is this going to be like a meet again? You know, brother's best friend, you know, cousin's fiance. You just, you're not sure how it's going to go. And so, but you have this off the charts chemistry on the page. And I think it sets the whole tone for this story.
0: Yes, it makes it much more believable. Everything else that happens in the book because we did see that explosive chemistry.
1: Well, and I would say for Emily and Jameson, they to me, you can describe their relationship in two words, banter and lust. Like, though, that is what drives this relationship. Their back and forth in their banter and the pure, unadulterated lust they have for each other.
0: Yeah, and they both had so much attitude, Oh, for sure. It wasn't just her. It wasn't just him. They were both super snarky. Like, part of it was kind of like their armor of sorts to protect themselves. But they were both, they both had so much attitude. And that just led to the banter that was so good. Yeah.
1: Well, and they had strong tempers and even stronger chemistry between the two of them. And it was explosive. And sometimes when we get... You know, it's a one night stand. There's an enemies to lovers, a little bit of feel to it once she goes back to work from him or for him. And there's this push and pull between them. But it's really just it's their tempers, their spark point where they're like, either we're Mm going to bust into flames or we're going to just totally take our clothes off and do it right now. (laughs) Right. There's no happy medium with these two when they're on the page together. It's explosive. I completely agree. And I hadn't read a book like this in a very long time. Because, as we all know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I've been kind of on a slow burn roll (laughs) with everything lately. Me too. And this one was like chemistry and on the page, combustion, and you're just, you're all in. Um, And this was actually, and we'll talk a little bit more about the characters, but this was my first time reading TL Swan, too.
0: Me too. And now I'm like, I'm like, what was I waiting for? Right. Right. Like
1: what, what is wrong with us? Why have we been pushing this off? And it was actually Kelly K who kept pushing me to read her. She's like, have you read her? Have you read her? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, not yet. Okay.
0: (laughs) Now I know why she needs me to read her. I'm in a different online book club and another bookstagrammer. She, she leads it and she's picked T.L. Swan books like the past, like, A couple months ago and I didn't have time to read it and then this month we're discussing another T.L. Swan book on Tuesday and I already read that I was like oh I don't know if I'm gonna have time to read it with all my arcs and then I read The Stopover and I was like I'm definitely reading that book
1: I'm all in um so let's talk about Jameson a little bit I have that he is sexy and charming he is a typical CEO billionaire romantic hero driven cold um Jameson is like rigid and demanding of Emily too. Um,
0: he is very much an alpha hole, definite alpha hole. I think I texted you and said, "Wow, he's such a dick, but I kind of like it." Yeah,
1: you you do love it. I it mean, it worked.
0: He's very short-sighted,
1: though. Um, he jumps to conclusions about Emily throughout the entire book it's not just the one moment and the you know mm-hmm. final breakup that bring and then the back together like he jumps to conclusions throughout the entire book and yep. there are moments where you're like holy shit this is a fairly toxic relationship between the two of them but i think it's just that their chemistry is so intense
0: yes that those are those moments i completely- I completely agree. They kind of get blinded by the lust and then didn't have a ton of time to work on everything else that makes a relationship work. So it was, they were constantly on fire, whether it be like their chemistry or their tempers. Yeah. Um,
1: Emily, on the other hand, she is smart and driven and she has a little bit of tunnel vision. She, like, puts her head down and does her work. And no matter how much of a jackass Jameson is acting out over here on the side, she's just still, like, I'm focused. This is what my assignment is. Um, she isn't afraid to put Jameson in her place either, or in his place.
0: No, definitely not. And I think those were some of my favorite moments when she would just, like, call him on all of the crap he was spewing. Yeah. Because it didn't seem like he had a ton of people outside of his family that were willing to, like, stand up to him at all.
1: But even his one brother, kind of just like, yeah, that's him. That's just who Jameson is. And you're like, he's an asshat. Tell your brother he's an asshat. Um, I do think, though, because Jameson is such a big, strong personality and character... He often eclipses Emily in the
0: story. Like, we don't make this big yeah.
1: connection with her like we do with him.
0: No, I would agree with that. Like, I thought I did feel some connection to her, I think, because we're like similar ages that I was like, I understood like being so driven and all of that stuff, but I completely agree. Like, I had more of a feel for Jameson and who he was. And yeah. It kind of felt like it was his story at times.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this author, I've read a couple other books by this author, and I think she writes these big, over-the-top alpha males, and sometimes the females and what makes them great gets lost in the story a little bit. And I think, so in prep for this episode, I like to go back and look at other people's book reviews of it to see, like, you know... Did I miss the mark? Am I, you know, too one-sided in thinking things that I'm thinking with on um, this story? And overall, like there's a there was a huge consensus that Emily is just she's hardly an issue because his over-the-topness is all anyone can talk about. But mm-hmm. She's really great in this story. And when you move him out of the way and just look at her journey of, you know, she pursued the dream job that she wanted. Mm -hmm. She was sought after by another media company that wanted her. And she turned down that job because she wanted her dream job at the dream company. And then when she saw, you know, there's, there's a plot piece in the story, um, with some insider trading and story leaking and stuff like that between another media company and the one sh- that uh, Jameson owns. Mm-hmm. When, you know, she is the one who makes the connections. She's the one who says to them, "Hey, this is off." Um and I had so many thoughts on who I thought it was going to be Me who too. was doing the leaks. Um I I just had so many thoughts on who I thought it was going to be. But I think that when you take him out and the chemistry out, she's a really capable, strong, feisty female.
0: Yes, I completely agree. And she wasn't a pushover. I feel like it's very easy in a romance novel where the male character is just so over the top and so strong and such an alpha hole sometimes the female main character can come off as a pushover or just kind of like, I don't know what the word is, but I don't know. But, I mean, kind of like once, a wallflower almost. right?
1: Well, and just kind of a speed bump in the way, like just, mm-hmm. you know, a story tool. I do think, I mean, I gave her mad props when at the moment that she realized that Jamison was being an asshole and whatever, she walked away. She walked away. There wasn't yep. a big blow up. There wasn't this big emotional, like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. It was okay. And their resolution, I think, was also very significant. And I'm not going to spoil it, but the resolution shows you just how confident and
0: strong she was in herself. Yes, I completely agree. I, I was not mad about the resolution at all, even though I was so mad at him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and we've read some books and you and I've talked about those books before where like sometimes the big grand gesture (laughs) isn't enough. Like he didn't deserve to have her back now. Um, I felt like on this one, they both were kind of in, in the wrong and it made sense the way it played out and how they came back together. And it made the HEA just that much sweeter. I completely agree. Um, so I would say that this relationship is really raw it's, and <clears throat> struggles because they fell for the people they are deep down and not the people they are on the surface. Because when they had their one night stand, they didn't have to put on any airs of being CEO of a media mogul or, you know, young journalist trying to get her dream job. They were able to just truly be themselves in that moment. And that's the person they fell for, not the person they show the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the reason that you, um, you love this story. Because we actually, sometimes in a story, we don't really get to see the true nature of the person until farther into the book. Yes. So you have to fall in love with them. It takes some time for you to get to know the characters. Because of the way that... The author writes this story with this chemistry and this one night stand and it being on the page we actually see the true nature of who they are the flirting the fun the banter and not their surface we don't get to see their surface till after the one night stand
0: yeah and I think that that was such a smart decision by T.L. Swan because imagine if your first introduction to Jameson is like at his office.
1: Yeah. You would have put, you would I I have no, you'd have put it down. You'd have DNF'd it.
0: You'd have DNF'd the book. Yeah. And maybe you could have like somehow gotten there with him, but without knowing that he had like a little bit of softness under his super, super gruff exterior, you'd be like, what is going on with this guy? Right
1: how do you talk to anybody like that?
0: Like, so anyway,
1: let's get to our questions. Okay, Rachel, did you like this book?
0: Yes, I love this book.
1: Um, I did too. And I actually am the one who told you to read it. I was like, you're like, I need to fill my bingo squares. And I'm like, well, which bingo squares do you have? And she's like, oh, billionaire. And I'm like,
0: okay, this will cover billionaire, blah, blah. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> yes, and I had a paperback copy too, just waiting on my shelf, just desperate to read. I have no idea read. why I didn't pick it up before now.
1: I there are we all have those moments, like the from you know recently the invitation by, uh, Vikeland. Why did I wait so long to read that book? I have had it since January, but it was May before I actually got to and read it. So we're so silly when we do that. Um, who would typically like this book?
0: I think um, fans of like age gaps, office romance, billionaire, also family series. So this, there's his one brother has a book out now. The third brother will be coming out sometime this summer or fall. I would imagine that the fourth brother will have a book. So if you like books about family or brothers, I think this could be a good series too.
1: Yeah. um, I do want to say though, I think you have to be okay with an alpha hole. Um, It definitely has a Gideon Cross, Christian Gray vibe to it, although he is much more likable and redeemable than those Mm -hmm. two characters. So, but he definitely, there's not BDSM in this story or anything like that. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about kind of like the billionaire CEO that is sometimes tone deaf to the room around him.
0: (laughs) Yes, I completely agree that. Yeah, if you're looking for, like, a cinnamon roll hero, this is not it.
1: No, not at all. Um, You have to love an asshole to love this book. Yes. Um,
0: So would you recommend this book? I would definitely recommend this book. If you like everything we've said about who would like this book, then you should definitely pick it up. Yeah, I think this is a really great story,
1: and I totally would recommend it. It was recommended to me by Kelly, um, and so I'm so glad that I did. It was my first TLS one, and then I went back and read others. I have not read book two, but you have read book two.
0: I haven't read book two yet. Oh, you haven't read book two yet. No, nope. That's, like, next week I'm going to read book two. I'm super excited. Well, I'm still in the
1: Jay Salmon rabbit hole, so...
0: As soon as I get out of that, the takeover yeah, will be I read. I read Mr. Garcia. Oh. And. Yes. Have you read that one yet? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. I, he's yes. he's actually very similar to Jameson, in my opinion. But Her
1: heroes are, I read Mr. Garcia and Dr. Stanton. And Dr. Stanton is a secret baby. Okay, Super well done secret baby. FYI, because we all know how I feel about that. Um, very well done very well written um, but he is he's not quite as bad as Jameson he's just a little sneakier and a little more charming with how he Got it. holds on to the situation so anyway <laughs> but we'll have to do those for another quick shot some other oh, time for sure anyway Rachel thank you so much for joining us for this quick shot of romance um, we'll talk to you next time All right. Thanks, Becky. Thanks, Rachel. Happy reading, everyone.
0: Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase & Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out BookcaseAndCoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.